Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Tulsa podcast. We're calling 2019 the year of the Bible, and all year long we're reading through the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22, and our Sunday sermons are coming from the weekly readings. If you'd like to join in, go to cornerstonetulsa.org, click on Year of the Bible. And with that, let's hop into this week's teaching. When I was 15 years old, something like that, I was at Metro Christian Academy. We had a night of worship, and I, I distinctly remember the night. I was on the right side of the auditorium facing the stage. The lights were down low, and there was a single spotlight on the stage, and this dude was leading worship. And I, we went to chapel every week as junior high and high schoolers, heard a lot of people lead worship, but there's something really special in the room, and people were just transfixed. And it was Ben Kilgore, this guy that I'd, I'd, you know, I'd heard of a little bit, and he was leading worship. Jared Grigger, who some of you may know, was playing djembe with him. And there was something just really sweet in the room that day. I learned that Ben played music a lot around town. And uh, so on Sunday nights, sometimes I would go to Barclays, which was now Charleston's there on uh, Brookside, and hear Ben play covers of Counting Crows and Radiohead and stuff like that. And it was really fun. I even bought from Ben... Young Jonathan bought Ben's red self-titled album, which had a little cartoon version of Ben, uh, which if you can find, it's really amusing, the curly hair coming everywhere. Uh, But Ben sold that to me, and I thought, that guy is awesome. Through college years, I listened to his band, The Hero Factor. Did anybody anybody remember Hero Factor? Okay, pretty awesome. And uh, toward the end of college, I was volunteering at Liberty Baptist Church, Uh, with their youth department, and a friend hooked me up with this guy who'd been on staff at Liberty as a worship leader named John Kilgore. And uh, I I had lunch with John, who turns out to be Ben's dad. We had lunch, my interview lunch, to join him in his his retirement second career of landscape design. And uh, so I worked with with Ben's dad for a summer and, and would be in the car with him, and we'd be listening to CDs of Ben's, and John would go, mm, mm. And uh, uh, we just, he just adored his children, adored getting to worship with his kids. And then uh, when Emily and I moved back from being missionaries in Honduras, I got hired at Asbury. And that same guy from all those years ago, Ben Kilgore, was a worship leader at a Sunday night service. But he, like, his whole situation had gotten way better because Ben had married an angel. <laughs> and Ben was always good, but there was just this holy presence when Noelle opened her mouth and it was like this, the cherubim and the seraphim have come and they're blessing us with their presence. And uh, so I got to, to lead worship and play bass with Ben and Noelle on Sunday nights for a couple of years. And then we kind of lost touch. Ben and Noelle moved uh, to Phoenix. And then when they moved back, Ben was flying out to Chicago and to Arizona to lead worship at different places. And we're in the process of getting Cornerstone up and running. And so I post a job description and say, we're looking for somebody. It was before we've launched. And Noel uh, tweets back at me with just a hand-raised emoji. And, uh, and we started some conversations. And I've been so blessed that Ben and Noel have been our worship leaders uh, for the last uh, 13 months. Aren't you blessed as well? And so uh, it's, you know, it's just so sweet. We've got this sweet and simple little operation here. Us, you know, who've become Cornerstone or becoming Cornerstone. And I've just loved that Ben and Noel and their children have been a part of it. So uh, if you don't know, as a church, we're going through the Bible together. We're calling it Year of the Bible. 
And boy, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, we've got some challenging texts in there. And so we've been making good progress. We've been having fun conversations, really, as a result of those texts. But every day when we read, we also read a psalm. And the biggest book in the Bible is dedicated to, to worship songs. It's a, it's a prayer book of, of David, of Asaph, of the sons of Korah, you know, writing out their prayers to God. And sometimes it's like lovely, and sometimes it's like gut-wrenchingly honest. But like people have been having conversations with God, sometimes with music, forever. And so I asked Ben and Noel if this week, rather than uh, us dealing with the text like Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, if instead they'd come uh, to this sermon time with just a, a view toward worship, toward the Psalms, and share their own story of worship and leading worship, and also just encourage us as a community of worshipers trying to grow in that way together. So Ben and Noel are going to share. Would you please welcome them as they come? known fact while I'm trying to find this is I too went to Barclays and listened to a certain someone and I too bought that red CD <laughs> and I was enamored by this man uh, from the beginning. I knew something was very sweet on his life. I was enamored with you as soon as I saw that hot pink Bible. Okay, <laughs> let, let me explain the hot pink Bible. I'm not normally a hot pink Bible girl, not that that's anything wrong, but this was my very first The Message Bible that I got in high school, and it was the very first time I had grew up in the church my whole life, and when The Message came out, it really was this kind of eye-opening translation for me and connected me to scripture in a way that I hadn't before. So I pull it out every now and then, and you get to witness the hot pink Bible. Um, I am going to read Psalms 51. Um, this is the message translation, so it is a little bit different than what you might be reading in your Bible. But I really love how this is translated. Generous in love, God give grace. Huge in mercy, wipe out my bad record. Scrub away my guilt, soak out my sins in your laundry. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. You're the one I've violated, and you've seen it all. Seen the full extent of my evil, you have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. I've been out of step with you for a long time, and the wrong since before I was born. What you're after is truth from the inside out. Enter me, then conceive a new true life. Soak me in your laundry, and I'll come out clean. Scrub me, and I'll have a snow-white life. Tune me into foot-tapping songs. Set these once-broken bones to dancing. Don't look too close for blemishes. Give me a clean bill of health. God, make a fresh start in me. Shape a Genesis week from the chaos of my life. Don't throw me out with the trash or fail to breathe holiness in me. Bring me back from gray exile. Put a fresh wind in my sails. Give me a job teaching rebels your way so the lost can find their way home. Commute my death sentence, God, my salvation, God, and I'll sing anthems to your life-giving ways. Unbutton my lips, dear God. I'll let loose with your praise. Going through the motions doesn't please you. A flawless performance is nothing to you. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. 
heart-shattered lives ready for love, don't for a moment escape God's notice. Make Zion in the place you delight in. Repair Jerusalem's broken walls. Then you'll get real worship from us, acts of worship, small and large, including all the bulls they can heave onto your altar. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> Amen. Um, man, before we start, I, I, uh, Noel and I had a, a difficult week, and um, God's been doing some slow work in me, some uh, um, pressing and smashing and crushing, and, and which is great because he's making new things, but um, I just want to in front of people say thank you to my wife for um, being long-suffering and, and a lot of my rebirth and, and newness that's happened to me comes at the cost of her um, waiting for it to happen. And, um, and so this week, he had a hard week and she's very patient and, um, and um, I'm, I'm grateful for you and I just wanted to say that in front of a bunch of people. Um, man, that was that psalm. It's just like unbutton our lips. Oh, gosh. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today, what she just read. And uh, today we, we hope to scratch the surface of um, how worship, um, both musical and, and, and in so many other myriad of ways, can help to, to shape us. Um, so we can be that community shaped by the gospel for the renewal of all things. This is not a definitive talk. Um, we are not professors um, uh, or experts, but we have been giving our, we've given our lives to um, this in the context of the church, and probably the rest of our lives will be given this too. So uh, we just hope to share kind of some things that God's been showing us about worship and, um, and how we can lean into that. And so um, Noel's going to tell a little bit of her story. I'll tell a little bit of my story. And then just uh, kind of some uh, things we can do as a, a family, as a community together, as we seek to be that community shaped by the gospel for the renewal of all things. Yeah, so um, I grew up in a very, very small Texas town outside of Amarillo, Texas called Hereford. Um, and uh, although it was really small, we had some really sweet church communities within that town. And um, the one that I belonged to, the denomination participated in singing competitions and all sorts of stuff. Um, and so I was in my first singing competition in the first grade. I was six years old. And um, from that year on, from that point on, I was in them every year. And uh, my mom is very musical, was the lead singer of a lot of different bands. She's our creative of the family. And so when I was about third or fourth grade, she became the worship leader of our church. And um, it was this really cool thing to witness, especially as a girl, um, because there was this new like opportunity for women to not just be like background singers, not that anything's wrong with that, but they were leading congregations. Um, I think that a lot of um, eye-opening things for the church was Darlene Check had just started leading worship and singing Shout to the Lord. And there was just this eye-opening thing of like, women can do this as well and, and not just men. And so I got to witness my mom do that every single week. And um, 
our children's church or our church believed that you didn't dumb down worship by any means for children. And so um, we had, quote unquote, adult worship time within children's church. And so starting within third and fourth grade, I was leading worship into junior high and high school. And then I, I came to ORU and led worship for chapel and different things like that. And so it's been this reoccurring thing in my life. It's been something that's been a staple um, of identity for me. And um, like Ben said, probably moving forward, it will continue to be, it has definitely taken on a different appearance as the years have gone by. And there have been times that I have found my dependency on that identity in a very unhealthy way, um, your talent, your abilities and things like that. And then getting things to where you just sit down for a while and sit for a while and realize what um, that your life is really about just serving God and that God loves you for you and not what you can do and what you can offer the church. Um, so I've definitely had these ups and downs of experience of what worship has meant to me, but I will say that it's been a reoccurring theme for me um, to bring me to an intimate place with God. Um, it has been a thing that has definitely deepened my relationship with God. Um, I've seen it, you know, whenever I can't lift my voice or sometimes you get in situations where you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to say, but there's something about a worship song or something to put those words on your lips that will help you lift your voice or you can sit in that moment and have somebody sing over you. I think all of us have experienced times when we've been in services before where we can't lift our voices, but there's something about just sitting and being with God in those moments and with music um, that transforms us and that opens us up a little bit more to be receptive of what God wants to say, whether it's through the message or the relationships around us. Um, and so I, I view worship as a very sacred, beautiful thing. I mean, there, like Ben mentioned, we had a tough week, and I will say that some of my saving grace moments was I just put worship music on in the house, whether I was participating in it or not. It was in the background, and it created this atmosphere of peace and um, worship. And before you know it, if you're in that dark place, you find yourself lifting your voice or humming along or being reminded of those promises that are being spoken um, through music. And so um, it's been a beautiful part of our relationship. One of the very first things that our first dates we had we went to Payway. Uh, Dennis Jernigan was a worship leader just in Oklahoma City when we were younger that, that also kind of like opened up this door of, of new worship to the church. And um, all of those songs are, are very special and sacred. I remember my mom leading those songs in worship and um, leading us as children in that. And so we, we went to Payway and then went to Ben's house and um, got a bunch of Dennis Jernigan CDs and rode around for like two hours just <laughs> singing worship songs in the car. Um, we were pretty cool. And <laughs> so, but it, it, it has been definitely a reoccurring theme for us and it's nostalgic and um, brings us back to that sweet, those sweet memories with the Lord. And that's what I think worship does for us sometimes is it um, reminds us. I know all of us have songs, or there's something about music that reminds us of something. It doesn't necessarily have to be worship music, but your first dance, or the first time you heard this song, or the very first time you saw somebody live, like, there's just, music has that beautiful way of bringing those wonderful memories, sometimes bad memories, back to you. And so, 
that's what I love about corporate worship is it sets the tone. It sets the atmosphere for what God wants to speak to us, what he wants to share to us, uh, with us through the sermon or scripture reading or within our community. Um, so in, and, and what we're going to discuss today and share a little bit more is that worship isn't just music. It isn't just playing instruments or lifting your voice and things like that. It's, it's living your life in this attitude of worship. Um, but then in, in, in doing that, when we come back to this place every week, it's a great way that if we're living that out, we have that connection with one another and, and we get to go to a new place of intimacy with the Father. So that's kind of how worship has played a role in my life and has continued to and um, something that I hold very sacred and, and that I believe is a staple in my relationship with God. Thank you, Noel. Um, so my story, uh, childhood story, is very much... Uh, very similar to Noel's. My dad, uh, we were the, our family was the sing, uh, the Kilgore family singers. Um, we'd travel around the countryside singing at revivals. Oh, you, would you like this stool? Yeah. So I'm going to be a while. Um, no, uh, but grew up in the church whenever the church was open. Uh, we were there. Uh, we were in. Uh, children's choirs and, and youth choirs, and, and I even remember when I was my dad's intern at the church, he, he made me go along with him, be a part of the Singing Churchmen of Oklahoma, which is a group of Baptist music ministers. We wore tuxes and sang songs like, listen to the hammering and rejoice, and it had like the nail sound, listen to the hammer. Anyway, um, but my whole life, I was inundated with uh, music, and especially music inside the church. Um, Noel was telling the story about one of our first dates. We went over to, I was like, we got to talking about Dennis Jr. I was like, we got to go to my mom and dad's house because my dad has all of the music. And so, yeah, you know, songs like, if I could just sit with you a while, and, um, and then daddy's song. Son, That's come walk with me song. in the cool of the evening. He had some weird ones, but um, <laughs> mostly good. Most of them were really great. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember as a kid, I was mowing lawns. I, was, I had to be like 14 years old, and I, I mowed this entrance to our neighborhood, and it was like 200 yards long, and I had a Walkman, and I would like, he had his, uh, it was uh, uh, the, the one about the desert, uh, water something, it, and I would just be weeping as like a 14-year-old boy listening to this worship song as I was mowing. Oh, gosh. Um, and so one of the things I've heard, John, the language that he put around it is like, as we were kids, God used music in the church to stir our affections for him. And I can tell you there's moments. I remember when uh, I was early college age in Believer's Church and Michael Gunger, like every Friday night, everyone went. And I would just be laying on the floor in the back, weeping and crying in the presence of a very palpable presence of God. And, um, and times like that at youth camps and um, where God would use m music to draw me, um, to woo me to himself. And so that continued on. Um, so as a kid, I, was, I had a really good voice and I could sing. And so that afforded me a lot of opportunities to be in front of people. And so, and of course, my dad was a music minister, so it was like first place for the solos. And so they like put me up there in front of everyone. And 
Um, and so I got to kind of bypass a lot of like the, I think probably the little screening checks of like, do you believe this stuff or um, <laughs> do you love Jesus? Uh, there was the assumption that I did. And, uh, and through the year, I'm 40 years old now, so for the past 30 years I've been singing these songs in church, leading congregations, and, and a lot of the time my heart was not mirroring the words that were coming off of my lips. And, and I think that part of that's dangerous maybe. <laughs> But I thank God because I think those songs, singing those songs, having those words on my lips throughout the years is one of the things that tethered me, tethered my soul to God. And those of you who know me know that I'm a classic preacher's son, like I'm going to find my own way. I'm a wild man. Don't tell me what to do. Um, I'll try anything once type of attitude. Um, and so as I drifted, there was this tether and it was music in the church, like, God continued to make space for me to lead um, his people in, in song, and and so, um, um, anyway, so that's like, uh, it's such a deep part of, I think, God's used this thing, this gift he put in me to be the thing that he draws me to himself with, and it's, um, and so, I'm, I'm just, you know, what John said is right, like, Anyone who knows me knows that this woman here is like the best thing that's ever happened in my world, and um, and God has used her. Uh, I'm so grateful for her. But and then to, to get to lead with her, what we get to do every week is just like this is our we're living in the dream, and this is what we dreamed about as we were dating, and God's given us so much. But um, anyway, so moving on. Uh, I was driving around the other day. I was over at 15th and, uh, and uh, Peoria, and I was looking at my watch, and I have this, I like old Timexes, nothing fancy. Maybe I would like something nicer if I had the money, but... Um, you like nice watches. I like nice, watches, nice but, watches, but I like a Timex, because it's understated, <laughs> takes a licking, keeps on ticking, and this particular one has taken a few lickings in it, so it kind of broke. Um, it still works, the time, like the hour in the hand, uh, what are those called? The, uh, the hands, yeah, they work, the, the number date works, but the day date is stuck on Sunday, and it was like, maybe it's because I'm a songwriter, I'm always looking for metaphors, but I was like, it's always Sunday, and then, like, I was driving around that day, and it just, I feel like God you know, was nudging me, you know how it is, it's like he wasn't speaking in an audible voice, you know, but there was like this sense of, man, with me, it's not always Sunday, it's like, I am and have historically been a person that is a certain way on Sundays, and I do things on Sunday, and Monday through Saturday is a very different, very isolated, um, sometimes dark, sometimes... Um, and, and I felt like this voice saying, you've been giving you your songs for 35, your whole life, you've been offering your songs, and I want more than that. Like, I want, like, what you've been giving me on Sundays for your whole life, I want that to be every day, every day is Sunday. And, um, and so I think that um, as I was kind of preparing, I was like, what am I even going to talk about? Like, it seems so 
condescending to like be the worship leaders and we're going to tell you about worship. And I felt like God was just wanted me to share what he was wanting from me. And that can be um, summed up in the, the hymn, uh, I Surrender All. And I think that's, he's wanting me to cultivate a life of worship, you know, where it's always Sunday. Um, all to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Um, and so every day is Sunday. Um, I love this community. I love what's happening in and amongst us in our apprentice groups and and some of the guys, you know, go get breakfast and, and, and just communities happening. And I, there's no way I can do this um, aside from help. And I think that's probably true of you too. Um, and so what I, I feel like God is saying is I, I want it all. I want the Sunday morning bin that's like singing songs. I want the, uh, the first thing in the morning reading the paper bin. I want the first cup of coffee. I want the walking around Whole Foods grocery bin. I want the leaving Whole Foods and trying not to go to the liquor store bin. I want the on the ground playing with my kids or sitting on a couch not wanting to bin. I want the sitting with my wife after she's had a long day bin. I want the late at night by myself uh, broken and, and feeling unworthy bin. He wants all of it. And he wants all of it for you. And so what I think he's calling us to is something more. And I think that um, what we do here on Sundays is, is, uh, is scratching the surface. I feel like he's like, I want more. I want more. And so um, I'm at a place where, uh, have you ever had those times in your life where like in the psalm, it talked about I've been wandering for a long time, but it's calling me home. I feel uh, my friend Kyle shared a few weeks ago that God's doing that in him, and I feel like you see that happening in like in little spurts. Like you, you see someone turn their heart towards God, and it gives you the courage to maybe do that too. And so I've seen some friends just turn their faces towards God, and it's like, Okay, I'm going to do that with you. And, and, and so I think there's some really practical ways we can do that. And I know this is like the part of the like application, but these are, these are ways that we can help each other cultivate daily lives of worship so that when we come, like Noel said, when we come on the weekends and we gather to lift our songs, that's a presence that we're entering that we've experienced at some point throughout the week. Um, and I feel like God's just calling us to, to spend time with him, to, to be aware, to, to stop our day and ter- to lift our eyes to the hills from whence our help comes from type of thing. So I just want to share a few. There's, if you all have read The Spirit of the Disciplines or there's many books that talk about the um, spiritual disciplines, I just want to talk about a few of those, um, like meditation, contemplation, and prayer. Um, and this is like Noelle talked about, just like she, she has worship music on all the time at the house. And, and, um, and it does like, sometimes it bugs me because I'm not in like that zone of like, <laughs> I'm not wanting to be messed with by God. And it's like, she's always got this worship music on. Um, that sounds really bad. Like, I don't like it, but 
You know there's times when you're like, I don't want to be affected by it. I'm not ready to... And it just has this, we'll be driving in the car, and it's like, I want to listen to my music, which is like the national and like dark, dark, moody, depressing music. And thank God she doesn't like that all the time. But um, so, so I think a lot of it is just disciplining ourselves to, to, to move and cast our attention on other things. And so um, a friend of mine, Kyle, brought you up again. He, we, we had a lunch the other day, and he was telling me how he, I was playing him a song, that, and he's like, it's, that's the first time in a while I haven't listened to Christian music, and he's like, I've just been trying to listen to all, like, Christian worship music, and I've done that at different times in my life where I'm just like, I'm going to, like, take a week, and I'm just, when I'm in the car, because I'm, like, an NPR guy, and um, sorry, Fox News guys, um, I I love talk radio. I barely listen to music. And there's like, these days, talk radio will put you in a state. Um, and so something like just taking a week and saying, okay, when I'm driving to work, when I'm going to pick the kids up from soccer practice, I'm just going to, and if you need playlists, you can know all, knows all the good worship songs, and she can uh, direct you, to give you, send you a playlist of something to just like, be setting the tone. Um, another thing is uh, fasting. I don't do that, obviously. Um, uh, but, um, like, choosing something that you love that maybe isn't a bad thing, but something that, um, like, for me, this sounds silly, but uh, I like crossword puzzles, and I've gotten into them pretty bad the, the past week. Like, I went and bought... Um, I had to go buy whiteout tape because I like it to be perfect. But there's little things that in, in any gap of time, I'll find that's what I'll like. That's my little thing I do during that time. It used to be I would have a cocktail during any gap and lull in time. Now it's like crossword puzzles and stuff like that. Um, but find something that you like. And it's, I think it's even better the more joy it brings you and just deny yourself that thing. Um, and so that's also like flows into living a life of simplicity, going through your closet, going through your house and being like, what of this stuff that I have do I need? And there's something about giving something away to someone who needs it that is an act of worship that, that it almost it, it mirrors the way that um, God takes care of us to take care of someone else. Um, Submission and obedience, this is like a really hard one for me. I am not very good at doing things I need to do. Uh, we bought a Peloton recently, which is a really nice workout bike. And uh, we've had it, what, about a month and a half? We put it, it's literally, if I roll out of bed, I like hit it with my knee. It's like right by my bed. And I have done that. I was like so excited. I was like, I am going to get ripped. I went and bought the shorts with the butt pads. Uh, we got the clip-in shoes. We got the heart rate monitor. It's like, okay, we're going to do this. The thing is, you have to actually do it. You have to like sit on it, and you have to sit there and, and pedal for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, some of them. Um, I've done it once so far. I got an email this morning from Peloton that said, we miss you. Um, <laughs> Here's our class schedule. Please come see us again. And so this act of submission and obedience, like doing, like 
John says all the time, this is a slow work. Like we're slowly going in the same direction. And that is not what I like. I like instant results. I want instant gratification. I want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad. And I feel like that's what God is calling, like that's all he's asking of us is like to do the slow, bad feeling things. Um, and it's because he's making something beautiful. I know that. Um, but practicing little small obediences, like little things that you can like, ah, oh, I did that. You know, Noel's dad told me, he's always telling me about these books that'll help me be a better man. Um, <laughs> he he, he loves like me. That. He loves Ben. But there's this book he told me about. I never read it, but I got the idea of it. And it's about making your bed in the morning. Anybody read this book? It's like a, a, a soldier that wrote this book. And it's like, he didn't have to write a book. Just make your bed in the morning. And it's like small little obediences and small little things that give you um, uh, this feeling of accomplishment where you can do the next thing. And my personality is to want to like, I'm going to be a disciple today. I'm going to do all that he wants me to do. And it's like, I fail and I fail. And um, I think he's calling us to small obediences. And so that's one. Another thing that um, is a really simple thing and a great way to orient yourself in a posture of worship is to give thanks at mealtimes. And I know that we, like, scramble to, we, we need to work on it. Sometimes we, like, I love to cook. The kids eat around the couch and watch Bubble Guppies and, um, and we'll like sit down at different times, but if you can purpose in your heart when you have a meal to just give thanks and, and, and have, cultivate that spirit of gratefulness, that's an act of worship. Um, anyhow, um, there is, uh, there is something that's really hard, I think, for our, like, in our world, um, to practice silence, and I think that there's something that I haven't done, but I thought of that I think is something that could be helpful. It's just, like, I have notifications that come up for different things, and um, to set alarms for yourself to just stop and make yourself aware of the presence of God, and, and um, so whether it's like, I did this with, uh, I set one of those notifications for the Bible app, you know, we're reading through the Bible. But when I set the thing, it was like on Sunday morning, I downloaded the app. I was like, this is great. And I set the alarm to go off at like 7.30. And this is going to sound really lame for all of you that have like normal jobs. But I usually am not up by then. And, <laughs> and so it doesn't work. But, <laughs> but imagine, imagine if we set, set a reminder, set a notification, like an alarm at a certain time every day where you know that you'll have some space whether it be at a meal, you know, that's a good time because you're already on lunch break. And just devote like five minutes to like being mindful of God's presence and your presence inside of his. And, and so that I think there's like a lot of tangible things that we can do to faithfully put ourselves in a position and a posture of worship. And because I think God wants, like he he wants it all, but he's, I think he's, um, we can be discouraged if we feel like we can't 
give it all at once. And I think that just turning, like we said, slowly going in the same direction and purposing in our hearts to always turn our faces towards him. And, um, and when we, we divert from the path, we have our body and our community alongside of us that is still going slowly in that direction. And so it's easy to get back in line and, 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 and be encouraged and helped along the road by each other. So um, you said something around this time last. Last service? Yeah. Um, Remember what you said? It was really good. I want you to say it again. Well, I don't know exactly. But I will say that, um, you know, as you look at the Psalms, there's, there seems to be a reoccurring theme through it. And it's either, John mentioned this just even in the introduction of, God, save me. I need you. I'm broken. Save me from my enemies. And then you see these, these like, crazy dips of David or whoever it is of, like, I'm in the lowest, darkest valley ever. And then, oh, praise your name. And it's da-da-da-da-da-da. But you are so good. And I think it, it reveals the humanness in who authored the, the psalm at that time of that we will find ourselves in that ugh, dark place. But what worship does in this beautiful, does a beautiful job of doing is it brings the focus back to, but, but you are good but you are holy. And so within Cornerstone, what we hope to do is cultivate a place of worship and sing songs that that put the focus on God and not so much on ourselves. So you'll start to see that and experience that if you haven't already within our worship services, that the songs that we choose, the songs that we want to put on your lips um, are ones that, that put the focus on God and bring the praise and exhortation to him. Because if, it, if any of you have ever been in any type of dark place, whether it's a spiritual, emotional, or whatever, when you start to set your sights on the things that you're grateful for, for the goodness of God, you your eyes are lifted. You're not looking down so much. You aren't in that dark place. And that's what's beautiful about music and worship and what we get to do as a congregation when we come together is it's a lifting of sorts. It's a reminder of you are good, you are holy, you are faithful. And sometimes we need that reminder. Sometimes we don't feel that way. Sometimes we really do feel that way. But it, that's the great thing about music and worship as a corporate um, community is that we get to come together all walks of life and we get to focus and put our eyes back on the author and perfecter of our faith and that and remember all the goodness that he has done. Because even if you've experienced some junk, He's still good. And you can remember those good moments. You can remember those times that he was faithful. And you can surround yourself with those promises. You can sing them over yourself. If you can't sing them, the person next to you can sing it over for you, um, over you for them. Um, did that make for you? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and so we, we get to experience that as the people that get to lead you in worship of watching you participate in worship. And sometimes it's an outward expression. Sometimes it's a raising of your hand. Sometimes it's on your knees. Sometimes it's not saying anything and you're just um, standing in the presence of God. You know, I grew up in a way that worship was very expressive and um, I went to ORU and so Worship was very expressive there, um, and and I, I enjoy that. I love that. I love that aspect of it. Um, but I kind of had in my frame of mind the way that you do when you grow up, that that is what worship looks like. And I've learned 
that it looks different for everybody. So we can't judge the person next to us by their outward expression of what worship is by what we think it is because they could be having this beautiful intimate moment with God sitting in the stillness and quietness and letting the worship um, wash over them. So I think what I love about Cornerstone is we have all those expressions within this congregation. And as you grow and as you move into um, new new aspects of worship, it might look more demonstrative. It might look more uh, times when you're, you're quiet, when you usually are raising your hands. And having an appreciation for where our community is at and accepting that and loving people that in that and championing that um, is a beautiful thing. And I see that happening within this community. And I'm grateful for that. It is a rarity. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and so thank you as your worship leaders for teaching us how to worship and showing us what that looks like um, in, in the way that you live out your daily lives. And so our main thing that we wanted to encourage everyone with today is it's not just what happens on Sunday, that if you live your life in a way of worship throughout the week, when we come back here on Sundays, when we gather in our apprentice groups, when we gather at other, you know, corporate work, uh, prayer or whatever, it already sets the scene for what God wants to do. And it's, a, like Ben said, a slow, moving work. Um, but you you got to do the work. And you've got you've got to take the next step. And so um, if that, what it looks like, what is, I think, a great prayer for us to pray in the morning is, God, how can I worship you today with my life? Is it serving my family? Is it serving the community? Is it writing a note of thanks to somebody that I have? Is it pulling that coworker aside and just telling them how awesome they are? Those are all acts of worship. It's not just coming in here and singing a song. Um, and when we start participating in that lifestyle, when we come here, I believe that God can do even bigger and greater things because we've already set the scene. We've already prepared ourselves for what he wants to share with us um, and do with us as a congregation. So all that being said, there, there's a myriad of ways that we can um, engage the presence of God, which is, he, I feel like he's, he's always uh, anxiously awaiting for us to, um, to, to give him our attention. Um, so in, in doing these things, if you have, like, so appreciate, is that my timer? Uh, I so appreciate, um, the different times people tell their stories about way, things that God's, my favorite Sunday of the year, or I wish we could do it every week, is like carve out space for people to tell, pass the mic around and say, God's been doing this in my life. Those are my favorite services. I, I told Noel yesterday, I was like, we should just do that. Like, that's like, we'll all turn our attention to what God's doing in people's lives. And, and so as you're, as you're, like, taking this next right step and you're, you're maybe putting into practice some of these disciplines and you find something that God is using to help you, tell someone about it. Tell someone about it. Because there's things like... People that are turning their, their face towards God and he's actually transforming their lives, it empowers other people to, to have the courage to turn their face towards him. And so share with each other. If, if, if you have a song, if Noel's always sharing songs, um, things that like will 
John, we have a text there of Rehulsina's songs. Like, share with one another when God comes into your presence and, and, and stops you in your tracks. Tell someone else about that. Because they may, I know for me, like a lot of Sundays when I come, thank God we have songs to sing and prayers to pray because I don't have them in me. And, and that's one of the, he's given us to one another. And so as we conclude here, it all ends up at this table. And, and our only natural response to what happened and what we remember when we come to the table is worship. And so this is, a, I think you've said it before, it's like this is the um, great level. Or, uh, this is, puts us all on the same playing field. And we're all on this, um, this slow journey together. And I love that we don't have to figure it out on our own, and I love that he's given us to one another. And so I'm going to invite John to come, and um, we'll come to the table.